All right, open your Bibles, your phone app to Exodus chapter 16 with me. We've been in this Sweeter Than Honey series and we've kind of ended up in Exodus looking at the, the, the Exodus of the Israelite people and two weeks ago they were at Marah and the water was bitter and they threw the, the stick in and, and God changed the water and their bitterness, their pain, their difficulty turned into a sweetness and then God brought them to Elam to celebrate and there was those 70 trees and 12 springs and we celebrated with them last week and and today that journey kind of continues on because God, although he brings us to those celebration moments, we don't always get to just live in them. When we're in them, it's important to enjoy them and celebrate the faithfulness of God but there are times and seasons and storms and hurricanes that kind of shake some of that. Sometimes there is a step forward that comes, right? And that's, that's okay because although they're celebrating in Elam and, and partying there and having a great time, there's actually an even better destination for them to get to. They're not just living it up at the oasis in the desert. They are on their way to the promised land to the land that God had called them to. And so they've got to leave. They've got to go. They can't just stay there because there is something better. And so in Exodus 16, verse one, the whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. Sinai is where Moses goes up and the, 12 command, the 10 commandments and the two tablets, all of that happens. And so on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt, they leave. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There, listen to, listen to how they remember. This was four days ago, five days ago. It's amazing how sometimes when it's convenient, your memory shifts a little, right? It just, sometimes it's convenient to change the story. That's what they do. They say, if only we died there. There, at least we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food that we wanted. They were in slavery for 400 years. But at least there was a little bit of food. Said, you have brought us out into this desert to starve the entire assembly to death. And I get it. In moments of pain and fear and unknown, it can be really difficult to trust God and to trust that God's hand will show up. Right? Maybe... So I'm not saying you did. I am saying I did. Maybe you did. Maybe you were like me. Whenever it was, I don't even know anymore because days, I don't think the calendar means that much. Uh, but was it Sunday or Monday when I learned what Nicole was? Did any of you have this moment that I had where it's like, God, are you telling me that there's another one of these things still out there? I thought we were done with this. I thought we'd had like, it was a difficult thing, Ian, but that means God is gracious. And now none of you had these moments. That was only me, only me. None of you were up on somebody's roof trying to re-secure a tarp in case the winds came. Come on. What a 
fearful moment. And this is, you know, I won't say that I handled everything perfectly in those moments, but there was some complaining and some grumbling against God. And, and the same way that the Israelites have some of these moments. It's easy to bounce back and forth between seeing the faithfulness of God, but then having the fear of man, the fear that is just natural to you and I. Because God doesn't just let us live in Elam. He moves us to other places and movement and growth and change comes with a little bit of fear because it comes with things becoming different. And that's okay. That's kind of natural. Out, you can't live there. You can't stay in that moment of grumbling. Look at, look at what God says. He doesn't just come out right against him. Verse four, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people to, are to go out each day and gather enough for, this, for that day. God doesn't respond by saying, you ungrateful little twerps. Now, there are seasons uh, in a few chapters where the Israelites continue complaining against God and continue sinning against God, and they have to deal with wrath. They have to deal with judgment. God is a holy and just God, and if you try to live in an accusatory, complaining, grumbling position against God, you will come up against God. But in the moment, God is big enough to handle your complaints. God is big enough to handle your frustrations. And I love that he responds in grace to their complaints, right? When you and I are just done over it, God is not done. He doesn't run out. He doesn't run dry. And so maybe that's where you're at today. Let me just pause for a moment and make sure that you hear me that God sees you. In the middle of your desert, you are not alone. And God's peace will be with you because he loves you. Yes, life will always have difficult times, but you don't have to walk through them alone. The Israelites have left the good moment. It doesn't take long for them to start feeling the heat and weight and fears of the desert. And is God gonna show up again? And God says, yes, I will show up again and I will continue showing up. You can't outrun him. He won't force you to come home but when fear turns you around, he will be right there for you. Exodus 16, four, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And verse 31 gives us a little bit more clarity about this. It says, the people of Israel called the bread manna, which hopefully your Bible has like little notes on it. So mine has a C and it says that the word manna sounds like the Hebrew for what is it? What is it? They don't really know what it is, but God rains this bread down. It's called manna, and it was white like coriander seed and tasted like wafers 
made with honey. They don't even know what it is. They literally call the bread that they're gonna eat every day for 40 years, what is it? What are we gonna have for this breakfast this morning? I don't know, what is it? But we're gonna eat it. We're gonna have it. And it's gonna be good. It tasted sweet like wafers made with honey. And when we cry out to God, when we're in need of God, and we're gonna see there's, there is some steps that you and I have to take to receive this type of blessing. But when we do, God gives really good gifts. God shows up in really good ways. And I love that they call it manna. What is it? I don't know. What is it? I don't, but we're gonna go eat it. Because when you and I cry out to God, often his answers come in a way that are different from what we expect. God knows a lot better what we need than we do. If you're unsure of that, think back five, 10 years about the prayers you were praying. And are you glad that sometimes God said no? Are you, what would be different in your life if God had given you exactly what you wanted? I don't know about for you, but mine would be very different. And when I see, say very different, I do not mean very better because it wouldn't be that. If God just gave us what we wanted and what we thought we needed in the moment, life would not be as good because he's the one who knows exactly what we need. Amen. They complain and God says, I will rain down, not just like sparingly give, not just, I'll provide a little bit and see. He says, I will rain down bread from heaven. You're not gonna know what it is exactly, but it's gonna be sweet and it's gonna be all that you need to survive. And there are times where God answers our cries in ways that we didn't expect and we have to be willing to change and shift and adjust to receive from him because he knows best what we need. He knows exactly what we need. And his grace doesn't show up before we need it. It shows up as we need it. But there is a catch. Verse four, the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. And the people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. And this way I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. Now here's the point today. You will never get to where God wants you to be unless you go out and gather what God has for you, okay? He rains down manna more than they could ever use or need. It's part of the testing. We're not gonna go through this whole chapter. You can read it during the week. In fact, you should. And they try to hoard it. They go out of fear and try to pack it in, pack it in, pack it in as much as they can because they're afraid and it goes bad immediately because God says, I'm gonna give you what you need when you need it. Not years before, not months before, but when you need it, I will show up and give it to you. But you have to go out and gather it. If we wanna be come who God has called us to be, if we wanna grow in his way, if we wanna be more like him, which is why we're gathered together, it's why we sing, it's why we read, it's why we learn, that's the goal. But to get there, then we have to go out and gather what is prepared 
for us. It doesn't just show up in our lives. These Thanksgiving meals that we're preparing, these 400 plus pounds of turkey that Richie and the team are gonna cook this week, it's gonna require some work. They're gonna have to show up and put the turkeys in and take them out and debone them and get all this stuff ripped up and that's about the extent I know about cooking turkeys. Um, and I, hopefully I went in the right order. Don't drop the frozen ones in the frying liquid. Got it. Know that one. Not from experience. Not from experience. It takes work to make a meal. It takes work to prepare what we're going to enjoy and celebrate with in the upcoming holidays. My son, like every good 11-year-old uh, boy growing up in the country, I guess not every, but a lot, uh, has dreams of being an NFL football player. That's his goal. He hasn't really looked at his dad and realized, not really an option, buddy. But I had the same goal at his age, so I get it. The problem is, there's also like video games and other things that are fun, right? And so he can't just sit on the couch and play on his Switch or, or anything else and do that stuff. If he wants to get to that goal, it's gonna take a lot of work. And for him, a lot of grace from the Lord. Maybe that will happen, but the goals in our lives, the directions we wanna get to, the places we wanna be take effort from us. Now in the middle of it, God's grace shows up. The people going out in the morning, that doesn't create the manna. God's grace is already there. He's already rained the bread down from heaven, but then they have to go out and gather it. They have to go out and get it. They have to go out and receive it. The honey that the Lord has for them requires gathering. And the honey that the Lord has for you in this season requires gathering. It doesn't just show up in our lives. I wish that it would, but it requires us to go out and gather, to go out and be with the Lord. And this is what, the main way that we gather from the Lord is by taking our own time in this book, is by spending time with him. I love that God says they have to go out daily and gather what they need. In fact, he says, I'm gonna test them in this and see if they will follow my instructions. And for us, if we're to survive a difficult season like this, and in fact, if we're to beat surviving, if we're gonna thrive and grow and experience the sweetness of his honey in this season, then it requires some effort out of you and I. It requires some time of going out to gather his words in our lives. Or maybe you have, throughout this season, you've cried out to God, certainly in the middle of the storm, we were all doing that. Crying out to the Lord, God protect, God watch over, God take care of, God show up, God stop this thing, God move this thing quicker. God, just bring it. God, how is the radar still look the same as it did two hours ago? God, just peace, right? But when we cry out to God and then he shows up and answers, even if it's a little different, waking up that Thursday morning was different than what we expected. There are still steps then for us to take. 
When God answers, what are we gonna do? Because these times of shaking, these times that they bring a little fear for the Israelites, they've just had it really good. They've just been at, at the party, but now they're back and they look around and they realize, wait a second, we're back in the desert again. More heat, more sand, more wandering. Okay, we're back in the desert. Right? When we come through a season like we've been through, you say, all right, it's another week. There's more work, there's more debris, there's more phone calls and hold times with FEMA and insurance companies and arguing and debating about who will pay for what and how can that even work. It's a lot. And hopefully these times of shaking draw us back to the core of where we started in a relationship with God. They can push you to other things, certainly, but there is nothing else that you could do in those moments that will get you through, like being with the Lord, like receiving the honey that he has for you. Our main way to gather from him is by spending time in his word. There is not enough messages that you could watch on YouTube, although they're good. There's not enough books that you could read, although they might be helpful. There's not enough sermons that you could listen to in podcasts for you to grow closer to God without first having this influence in your life. God says to the Israelites, I will rain down bread on you, but you've got to go gather it. And for you and I, his word has already been rained down on us, but we've got to go gather it. We can't just sit back and wait and watch and see what happens. I've been told multiple times in the last few weeks, Jason, you look tired. And now sometimes it's like family or friends and it's okay. And sometimes my first response is like, you and I are not close enough for you to say that to me. <laughs> it might be true, but we're not like, I don't know. It is true. It's been a long run. It's been a long run. And I can say for my life that there is one thing that has sustained me. And it's this. It's the honey, the sweetness that we can find in his word. They're gonna put Psalm 119, 103 up on the screen for you. And that Psalm says this, says, how sweet are your words to my taste. They are sweeter than honey to my mouth. Available to you and I is the sweetest Thing from the Lord, his grace. Right, we celebrated this over the last few weeks with the tree, the cross, that Jesus paid the price for your sin and my sin, and y'all know that, most of you. But then the following steps come of saying, all right, if I'm gonna celebrate and stand in the life that God has for me, I need to walk it out. I need to daily go and receive from him. I need to go and hear his words. 
How sweet, the psalmist says, how sweet are your words to my taste. They are sweeter than honey to my mouth. I have had throughout the, the seasons, been, been doing this for a little bit of time, I've had a lot of friends who have walked away from God at one point or another. And without a doubt, it's one of two things which really relate back down to one thing. It's there's a secret sin that they're not dealing with in their life that kind of takes them out. And usually that crops up better because of number one, but maybe there isn't sin. Maybe it's just, they've just gotten stale and old. It's because they've stopped finding the honey from the Lord. And they've allowed their lives to just turn into this religious, I go out and do what everybody expects me to do and show up at a place and it's Sunday morning, so I'm gonna go to church and hang out there for a little bit and smile and say things are good and then I'm gonna go and do my own thing. And that happens sometimes in life. We get into a routine, a rhythm, but that's not what we're called to. When we talk about something like this, experiencing the honey of God's word, it's not a routine. It's not a, you need to feel guilty because you haven't opened your Bible at home for a couple of weeks or you kind of maybe know where it is after the storm or maybe you've been doing your journaling every day, but it just has felt dry. It's not about the check the mark off the box to just keep on saying, all right, I'm doing it. It's the relationship that comes with it. Because in these words, you have a God who will consistently tell you how much he loves you. That's the sweetness, that's the honey that's in this book, is that when I am worn and tired and dragging, I can go back to these words and be reminded by God, I see you and I'm with you and I will carry you through this season. And I would implore you today, not out of any level of like, I just have to go do this, but out of a desire, right? If you stood at one point in this church or pre-church, if you've been baptized, then you did those things out of a desire to say, I want to know God. And sometimes crisis shake us back to our core and we say, all right, how do I get through these moments? I go back to where I started. I go back to what was originally within me, a drive to know God and to hear him because old stale experiences are poor food for your future. I can't just remember back when and how it used to be, but instead I can know that's what I did and I'm gonna do it again. And I'm gonna open these pages and I'm gonna read God speaking into my life. I didn't think about this, mom, till I turned and saw you sitting over there, but I grew up in a family where this, like, I grew up with a history of watching my father and mother do this. Wake up early, sit at the kitchen table, read. I was Bible sitting at home, notes written in it. My dad passed away 13 and a half years ago. But I grew up 
in a place where this rhythm was shown to me and passed on to me. But more important than the rhythm was the relationship that I saw grow in them that my kids now get to see grow in me. And that each of you at points, and maybe I'm not taking anything away from you, probably for most of you, you're probably more holy than me. You've been really good at this in this last season. And God's been faithful and you've been enjoying that honey. But if you have not, if you've missed out, if you've felt dry and worn and tired, then hear from Exodus 16, the words from the Lord today where he says I will rain down bread of life on you not what you think you need but what he knows you need not how you think you need it but exactly what he has for you and it will be sweet like coriander and honey it will be good for your soul I can't feed it to you. Pastor Jamie and Pastor Kim, when they're here next weekend, can't feed it to you. We have a moment where we get to do that for this one hour on a Sunday morning. But tomorrow morning, I ain't driving to your house. Sorry. You put out the best coffee you have. I don't want it. I got my own stuff to do. It's on you. It's on me. It's on me for my life for my health, for my future, to say, all right, I'm gonna hear from God today. And then we get to enjoy the sweetness. Psalm 119, 103, your words are sweeter than honey, better than anything else you could want or need. He's got a deep relationship that he wants to walk out in your life. And so we're gonna close with a time of communion. Hopefully you've got one of these on your way in. If you didn't, we've got a team that's got some boxes. You can raise your hand. They'll bring one around to you. And the, team, the worship team's gonna come back up to lead us after we take communion. But we're gonna have a moment to receive bread from the Lord to receive his words and his hope this morning. And it will be sweeter than honey. Because in this moment, we get to receive his grace. Remember where we started in this story, right? The Israelites complain before the Lord and he doesn't respond in anger. He doesn't respond in frustration. He responds in grace and love and in giving and showering onto them all that they could ever need. And in these moments, wherever your week has been, whatever has happened this past week, we get a moment to bring it before the Lord. Say, God, I'm sorry for where I've fallen short. I'm sorry for where I have been in need and just haven't taken advantage of what you have for me. And I'm so thankful for your grace and care to love me in the middle of life. And he's gonna show up. 
We do this communion regularly because it's a moment to be reminded of God giving his son, his body and his blood for you and I so that we could have a relationship with God so that we could walk out life with him. Not on our own, not alone, not trying to figure it out in our own strength and wisdom, but receiving his words daily in our lives and then walking them out. Let me invite you to stand with me. You can take out your bread, your wafer. And in a moment, I'll pray and then we're gonna take this wafer together and then we'll take the juice together. But this is a moment of reminder and commitment back to the Lord saying, God, you gave your body for me. And as I receive it, I said you'd cleanse me, but I give my body, my life back over to you. And that's what we're doing in this moment. We're saying, I'm gonna take the honey that you have, Lord, and I'm gonna receive it and I'm gonna walk it out. So let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you that we get this chance, this opportunity regularly to be before you and that you are so good to us. Even when we complain, even when we lose it, even when we blow it, that you respond with grace. So Lord, I pray that you'd pour it out right now, pour out your grace on each in this room, Lord. Let it be sweeter than honey. Father, even as we take this communion wafer, Lord, let it be sweeter than honey. Thank you, Lord, for giving your son for us. Father, for areas where we've blown it and fallen short, we say sorry. We ask for your forgiveness. Let your spirit come. It's in your name that we pray.